Welcome to Torch Time Tales Presents Find Your Wavelength, a thought and feeling provoking podcast which explores the spiritual, scientific, and psychic interactions of our realities. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Find Your Wavelength podcast. My name is Florence Faith Matteson, and I'm here today with Johnny L. Whitmore, author of Torch Time Tales, and Judson Hodges. Johnny, would you like to introduce Judd? Yes, thank you. Judson Hodges is a local area Reiki practitioner, and we're delighted to have him with us today. As a follow-up, we've had several episodes where we've covered a broader range of spiritual topics. Today, we want to get focused on spiritual energy and various forms of spiritual energy work that fall within the specific realm of Reiki, laying of the hands, and healing touch. We're going to come back and talk about what science has to say about some of this, provide examples from our own experience in receiving Reiki and laying of the hands, and talk about what it might mean for you, our listeners, going forward to consider. So with that, before we dive into this more specifically, Judd, help us and our listening audience understand a bit of your life story and how you've gotten to this point. Thank you, Johnny. Thanks, Florence. Um, so I've been uh, living in our community here, Lake County, uh, Middletown, California, off and on since 1968. I was uh, an army brat and uh, was born abroad and moved around quite a bit. And then when my father retired, I uh, started high school here and ended up marrying my high school sweetheart. We've been together for 50 years and six grandkids and two great grandkids and um, life is good and just recently retired. So thank you, Johnny, for giving me this opportunity to tell this story of mine, which has been in the works for 69 years. Johnny and I connected um, because we're both involved in hospice, and that's how our, our paths just recently crossed. And so in telling my story, somewhat like Johnny, who has been on this spiritual quest most of her life, when uh, my wife and I were 19 years old and I was just graduated from boot camp in the Army, we were in a hotel room about to fall asleep, and suddenly we were both overwhelmed with this incredible bolt of energy. It was multicolored. It was flowing back and forth like an ocean waving over us. It was complete silence. We were paralyzed and thought we were going to die. <laughs> and then when it was over, we both took a big gasp and looked at each other and said, did you feel that? And yes. And what was that? So never understood it, was afraid of it. It came to me again a couple times to a lesser degree uh, in the following months and years. And then I tried to embrace it. So that really set me on this path of self-discovery 
this was back in 1976 now, I uh, decided to take up Transcendental Meditation, which I've been meditating all my life, interested in Eastern philosophy, uh, doing yoga. Part of my travels as an army brat was living in Japan for three years, so I have a real affinity to anything Eastern. But life gets in the way, and you're raising kids, I'm in the military, I get out, uh, I attend Sonoma State University and uh, I'm going to follow my path now and get a degree in psychology and going to work in clinical uh, and then lo and behold the the kids are growing out of house and home and I got to go get a, a job that pays which I worked in as a psychiatric service coordinator in acute mental health hospital for a time but then entered the corporate world and worked away for the last 25 years meanwhile I continued studying, I studied Kundalini, uh, and I d discovered Reiki and was receiving regular Reiki sessions. And I'll go into exactly what that is. Uh, but all along, I thought to myself, what am I going to do when I can finally retire? I want to embrace this. And my wife is such an inspiration to me because she's had a preschool here in town for 40 years and the service she's given back to the community. And, and our church, of course, talks about how you can serve, how you need to serve. And so lo and behold, we finally retired and uh, decided, okay, this is it. This one, I'm going to take my plunge. I'm going to learn how to do Reiki, which is somewhat of a hands-on healing energy work modality. Well, you know what they say about re retirement? Retirement kills. So a year and a month after I retire, I have a heart attack. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, I had finished my Reiki, and on the way to the hospital, uh, my wife's praying, and I'm performing Reiki on myself, and and I'm a firm believer that the reason why I'm here is because I was able to do that. Um, so, what is Reiki? I think I want to back up and do a little bit of the history of Reiki, and so it's energy. It's universal energy, healing um, energy, and it's the goes back to ancient times. There's uh, evidence and history of uh, healers in the Babylonian, Mesopotamian times. Reiki is a Japanese reiteration of it, but it goes back to Buddha times, uh, 2,500 years ago. Uh, there's a direct connection to that. This is nothing new, but Dr. Usui is a Japanese doctor who was born in 1865. He had studied uh, a, a lot of different philosophies and medicine and became convinced that uh, the Buddhism was his path. And so he researched these ancient texts and actually found some that uh, referred all the way back to um, Buddha. And in these texts, there were the how to ease suffering and heal people. And so the famous story of Dr. Sui, he went to a holy mountain for 21 days, fasted, and achieved enlightenment. And from that, he developed his system of hands-on healing and energy work. So from there, this is now 1920, pre-World War II Japan, and so he had several disciples, one of which was uh, a Mrs. Takata from Hawaii. And she brought Reiki to the West and practiced quite some time. And in the 70s, 
it really developed into uh, what we would call Western Reiki. And understanding Reiki, I go back, Johnny, to your first podcast and talking about um, belief versus knowledge. And so the experiences that we have, you know, we develop a certain belief system. Western medicine or science, you know, you knowledge comes through the scientific method and being able to reproduce it. If you look at it, uh, this universal energy uh, from quantum physics, we know to be true that everything is energy. Solid matter is energy. It's all vibrating. And if you get down on the quantum level, particles can be solid. They can be wave or energy and it can also depend on how you're looking at it so things can change so there are examples what well, we try to have examples of real evidence of this energy and Karelian photography was popular back in the 70s where they claimed they could take a picture of someone's aura currently science is trying to document and quantify the biofield. So that's what they're looking at. And so we know from our practice how we interact as practitioners and people who are receiving Reiki experience that. But science is a little behind on actually quantifying the biofield. There's lots of research that supports Reiki's healing, and I can go into that. But uh, as far as the process, Reiki is working on the same level as acupuncture, acupressure, these Eastern systems, Taoist healing. So we're talking about energy centers in the in the body. There's the seven chakras. Reiki interacts with them because when we are out of balance or have a disease, a disease, these centers are out of whack. And so what Reiki does is like acupuncture, it will balance and open these, these energy centers. The way Reiki works is, first of all, everyone has the ability to do this. This is ancient healing energy that we all can share. The way I came to it is I uh, met Reverend Anna Jones, and she is uh, a Reiki master here uh, in nearby Sonoma County. And through two attunement sessions, she passed the ability for me to be able to channel Reiki. And so what would happen on a, a regular Reiki session, a person would lay on a massage table fully clothed, the wonderful thing about Reiki is that it works on the physical, emotional, and spiritual level. What I would do is I would spend some time with the receiver and ask them if there's areas that they want to work on, whether it's a back pain or a cancer or seizures, and then we would go ahead and, and focus on those areas. So they close their eyes, I cover them up, make them nice and warm. And then I go into a meditative state where I start to channel the Reiki energy. And then I ask it to flow into the, the receiver for their greater good and to go to where it's needed the most. So Reiki is always uh, gentle. You can only 
receive Reiki if you're open to it. It can never be forced on you. It can never do any harm. It's not a religion, but you can understand it through any religion. For example, in Christianity, through the Holy Spirit. So then what I'll do is I'll ask Reiki to guide my hands to go to where it's needed the most. And I'll also work all the different chakra areas. So what they'll experience is my hands will get really warm to hot. They can feel the vibrations from it. They can see lights and colors when their eyes are closed. But kind of the overarching experience will be experience an extreme relaxation, a sense of peace in touch with their spiritual side. And these sessions last for about an hour. And then at the end, usually pretty refreshed and eager to go again. I'm delighted to hear your description. It's really very helpful. And one of the things I keyed into as we were originally talking about how we utilize our practice is that your technique generally will start at the crown chakra. Is that correct? That's right. In the Reiki cookbook, so to speak, there are lots of different hand positions that the practitioner will use. And so typically, I'll have both hands on the top of the head, on the crown, and that's where we start, and that's where I'll also ask for guidance. So I'll start with the crown with uh, both hands on top of the head, and then I'll, I'll move my hands to the side of the head by each ear, then over each eye, and then working down the chakras, the throat chakra, the heart, the abdomen, and on down all the way to the feet. Now, when I lay my hands lightly on the receiver, that's working at a, at a certain level. And that's where you may feel the heat the greatest. But I also work on the auric body, their aura. And there's seven layers to the aura. And depending how far my, my hands are above the body, for, for example, an inch or two above the body, you know, that interacts with the aura that corresponds to the root chakra, which is the grounding and the base of the person. And then as you move up, then it goes to the sacral and then the abdominal to the heart and then to the the upper chakra. So our aura extends out up to 15 feet. And so where my hands are from the body, I can also work on their chakras at that level. And when I do that, I, I experience the same kind of tingling flow of, of energy. Does that answer your, your question? Yes. And I think that that's a great way to describe it. I was first introduced as a recipient from a longtime Homer resident who's since passed on, may he rest in peace, my dearly beloved friend, Jack Epperson. And he and a small group of people in Homer had been trained by a group specifically sent to Homer to help them understand 
how to provide this practice. So in my first session with him, he started at my feet and he put his hands over the tops of my feet and about 20 minutes were spent there. And then Jack moved to my center area just below my navel and 20 minutes was spent there. The last 20 minutes spent from behind were at my temples. I don't remember in the year, nearly two years, I worked with him once a week that I ever was able to stay awake through this entire session. So the first hour was spent with doing laying of the hands. The second hour was to allow me to sleep and is, is believed to allow the healing to more deeply seat within me. I was struck by how I felt coming out of the first session and every single session that followed. I too developed a meditation practice in my early 20s. And I was lucky to be able to sit with a large group which helped me advance my practice much more rapidly. And that experience is what I would directly equate to how laying of the hands in Reiki heals us. So by going through one of these sessions, even if one has never meditated before, one will come out the other end feeling as if one has been involved in a quite intensive meditation for some time. Peace of mind, complete relaxation, that's lasting. And that's really the important piece of this. It's not something that quickly dissipates. That ability to maintain one's center uh, stays with us. I also know when you and I were talking, we both came up with some extraordinary examples of the benefit our work had with others. So here's my opportunity to turn it back to you, Judd, and have you share some of your own examples of success with Reiki, and then I'll share one of my own. Beautiful, Johnny. Thank you. Well, it's been just such an amazing journey in such a short time. Uh, like I said, I uh, I had this heart attack on November 30th. I started my Reiki training at the beginning of October. So I had to kind of manage healing my heart. But as Johnny will tell you, the more you practice, the more receptive and open you are to these healing energies. And so I'm seeing amazing growth and amazing results in the people that I'm working with. I have a, a dear friend who has stage four pancreatic cancer. I understand they that's one of the most painful. Painful and and fatal. And, and fortunately, she didn't experience a lot of pain. And of course, they had to remove a lot of that organ. And she then later found out that there were spots on her liver and so we did some real intensive uh, Reiki work um, three times a week, uh, an hour plus a, a day. Maybe this is the time to introduce uh, remote work. 
this would be a good time to talk about it. Sure. So one of the other beautiful things of Reiki is that the person doesn't have to be there in person. I can do it remotely to anyone in the world who's willing to receive. Very easy to do. We agree on a time we're going to do it like a podcast. They get into a comfortable place and then I can give them an hour's worth of treatment. And my experience is the more the person has experienced Reiki uh, with me personally, the greater these distance sessions are. And they can experience the same level of energy feedback that they would receive on the on the table. So going back to my cancer patient, she is in remission now. She's doing terrific. That's incredible. Um, Reiki can't take the credit for all of it. There's lots of prayers involved. There's really good doctors and chemotherapy and surgery, but she's cancer free right now. Another success story, uh, I have uh, a dear family member who's had chronic back pain for decades, you know, typical metal rod in the back, poor thing, it's just uh, living in constant pain. Now she has pain in her thighs. And one session, she was pain-free when she Woke up, the first thing there you see is the Reiki smile, where is they're just beaming this amazing happiness. And she remained pain-free for uh, some time. Johnny, I want to talk a little bit about the power of our psychic connection with intuition. Would this be a good time to introduce that? Go ahead. One of the things... I'm taught with Reiki is that it's, you know, again, it works on the spiritual level, the psychic level, and we become more sensitive to that. And you need to be open. And it starts with intuition. And part of it is letting your hands go where they need to go. So when I was doing a follow-up session with her, it suddenly occurred to me that she was part Native American. And so I started channeling that loving, healing Reiki energy to her Native American spirit. I did that and then continued to work along her chakras and we finished up the session. And I asked her what she experienced. And she said, when I finished working on her crown, she suddenly had this out-of-body experience where she was taken to a beautiful place like Yellowstone National Park, where she was at her sacred spot, which she gets a lot of peace and tranquility from a lake. She was at her lake, the special spot. There was an eagle there, a bear, a buffalo, and she spent a bit of time there <laughs> in that experience. So it's amazing the doors that this opens and how it resonates with those who are receiving and getting whatever they need. I have one other experience that I've been really eager to talk to you about. It happened yesterday. And if I can go into that for a second, my dear friend with the cancer in remission, her daughter is 35 years old and has had seizures all her life. 
And so we had a session. It was really challenging because she's on medications. She has an electrical device that runs into her vagus nerve and stimulates it. It's like a pacemaker. And Reiki works on electromagnetic fields. We can work with computers and <laughs> all kinds of things. So I was really concerned about, first of all, initiating a seizure and then tampering with her device. So my teacher recommended to start at the feet. So I started her session grounding and, and working on that. But it felt like my connection wasn't as strong as it usually is. And I started to question my process. And I kind of had to reboot myself to get going. And then I worked up to her heart chakra. And then I started working on her oral levels. And the higher I went up, and when I got to her upper chakras, her energy was over the top. I never experienced the intensity. It, it was beautiful. And I was embracing it until I had the thought, oh, you better get grounded again, kid. I don't want to go too far with this. And so we ended up the session. She got up and she had that smile on her face and felt great. Well, her mother sat near us and prayed and meditated the whole time. And she said that at one point, she had this overwhelming need to get up and lay hands on her head. And she also re-experienced a incident that she had at an ashram 25 years ago. And this kundalini chant came into her head and she remembered it, and she started chanting it over and over. So the spiritual connection now that the three of us seem to be developing is just amazing and feels like it's going to the next part of my discovery, my personal discovery, and my, my healing work. Oh, my goodness, Judd. What an incredible series of stories you have to share. I am so excited that you have been able to make this transition in your life. And think about all of the beautiful work ahead of you to come. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Judd, for joining us and sharing your wonderful stories with us. And thank you so much to our listeners for being on this journey with us today. We hope that you join us for our next episode where we will be continuing our journey with Judson Hodges. And we hope that you learned something new or maybe remembered something that you forgot. You've been listening to Torch Time Tales Presents Find Your Wavelength. If you're interested in learning more about Torch Time Tales multimedia efforts, which include a book an audiobook, a series of videos, interactive social media platforms, and live participatory Zoom groups, please visit torchtimetales.org. <laughs>